Welcome to Call and Shots. This is Seth Partnow, joined today by a guest who we've been playing tag and dodging each other for a couple of weeks now. Um, the creator, showrunner of the uh, Cinemax show on HBO Max as well, Hacks, uh, who previously wrote for Parks and Rec and The Good Place, a lot of my favorite shows in once. Uh, Jen Stasky is coming up in a second. Um, so let's get to that conversation now. Thank you so much for coming on. I know we've uh, we, we've sort of played tag with this uh, yeah, this sorry, conversation I, for. I apologize that my schedule is like annoyingly busy. It always uh, feels silly. It'd be like it feels very Hollywood to be like I'm so busy I'm slammed but you've caught me during a very uh, kind of crazy time. Um, I can relate actually. I mean, it's it's uh, the NBA playoffs start you know the next yeah. weekend yeah and it's a very similar time period to two months from now uh, working in the NBA where if you're lucky enough to still be playing you're like doing game prep and also draft prep and also free agency prep. And then uh, you might see your family, um, you know, every now and again. <laughs> right. So right. I, I can, I can, I, I imagine that the crunch is, uh, is, is somewhat similar. Yes, I think so. I think um, so. So, I, I, so you're doing edits right now for season two of Hacks. That- yeah, we um we have this kind of crazy schedule where we started shooting basically like December 1st, uh end of November, December 1st, and then we we shot, we wrapped like the March 24th or something and the show comes out like mid in May. <laughs> uh so right now we're in the, a mad dash to like edit everything, color everything, mix everything, all the visual effects, all the finishing parts of post-production uh do it on a very quick window to get the show out in may that that like not knowing a ton about tv that seems very quick it's really quick yeah like i think the goal is that you have time to do the pieces all separate like you know there's kind of like three huge major sections of making a show which is the pre-production which like that includes the writing then there's the production the shooting and then there's post-production which is the editing and then i think in an ideal world you got to do each of those on their own so you can devote maximum brain space to just the one singular thing but in our case it's kind of like all been at the same time uh so yeah a little crazy so a question for you in the editing process do you ever get have you have you watched the show too many times um i and i I ask just because i'm thinking back to about a year from now i was doing kind of the second round of edits on my book and i hated every minute of having to read my own stuff again (laughs) so i'm just wondering if it's similar or it's less finished than it would be if it was just a purely written product um yeah it's it's the same thing it's like i've seen every episode now you know like hundreds of times uh and and yeah so it's just kind of like it's tough i mean i still the the nice part is the difference maybe with the written word like something only you wrote like this comes to life and the actors bring it to life and everyone like adds their own you know writing is so much more solitary than like making a show a show is so much more collaborative so i can kind of even though i've seen it a thousand times i can always find something like in gene smart's performance that i'm loving and noticing for the first time so it gets to stay uh it gets to stay fresh that way 
Sure. I, so two more questions about the show and then we'll kind of pivot to, to other things. Um, so how much of the show is based on sort of your experience becoming like, I, 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 I think we're about the same age. And so you're kind of generationally between the two protagonists. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. I'm, uh, so I'm 36 and Ava's 25. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely closer to Ava, but certainly be- between the two. Um, it's not really, you know, I created it with uh, Paul W. Downs and Lucian Yellow. And like, it's, there's certainly sprinkles of our lives in it, for sure, in all the stories, not just for Ava, for Deborah and other characters, too. But none of us had the, like, dark mentorship, as we call it, between Ava and Deborah. Like, none of us had have had that experience. Uh, for better or for worse. Um, so it's it's not too based on me or us exactly. Um, it's kind of, we always wanted the show to feel real and grounded. So it's, it's like honestly a compliment when people think like, oh, it must be taken exactly from your lives. But it's, it's not too direct that way. That that uh, that actually makes me happy because I was a little worried that that since uh, your assistant is named Emma and the assistant on the show is named Kayla, I was, <laughs> I was hoping I was hoping that there was not no 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 happy happy to report that Emma is nothing like Kayla. <laughs> that would be really that'd be tough to deal with. So the last question I have specifically about the show is that. Um, I think it's done something really interesting and it's, it's sort of in contrast to, I don't know, it's a, di- it's a different time period, but a similar milieu, I guess, uh, is Marvel's Mrs. Maisel. You don't, you don't actually show much of, of Deborah's act ever. Yeah, we don't like, we really never, like when we set out to make the show, like the, the kind of thesis was like, not what jokes are these women telling? It was like, why are they telling these jokes? And so we are much more interested in the offstage life of Deborah Vance and all the characters, Um, you know, season two to like, without spoiling anything, you definitely, Deborah's taking her act on the road and you definitely see more of the standup because of that, because she's workshopping this new hour. But but yeah, you're right. Like we never wanted it to be a show where you're watching stand up on on screen too much because you know it's it's hard. Jean does such an incredible job, believably playing a stand up. But you know, stand up is like a live medium. It's not always easy to have it translate to watching it on your TV. And 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 like I said, it's just we're so much more interested in the psychology behind why Deborah is the way she is and how she the relationships in her life rather than her actual the content of her stand-up sure it's it's sort of avoiding the studio 60 problem yeah know, yes yes where it's yes. Just, this is a brilliant this is a brilliant late night show and then the, yeah it's, it's just like it's, i know it's always tough you know it's it's always tough when you're trying to sell something and say like this is really good comedy and the stakes of it are like this is good and that's bad it's like it's just hard it's tricky it's like it almost it would seem like that would make the the writing process itself exponentially harder. It's like you have to be funny and then funny within funny. Yeah, that exactly. Um, so I want to a couple more TV questions, and this will segue us into basketball. Um, you, I mean, you wrote for two of my favorite shows, uh, Good Place and and Parks and Rec. Oh, um, 
<laughs> uh, those are those are two of my two. I was I had uh, uh, Owen Ellickson on a couple of weeks ago, and we were, we were kind of talking about the uh, the, the the nighttime show, the, the the show that kind of helps you wind down. And those are two of like the four that are in our rotation for that. Um, but my my question is, uh, other than buttering you up, is is Parks and Rec in particular um, had a lot of sort of uh, cameos and and basketball cameos. And I, I if I yeah. have the timelines right. You weren't there yet when they had Detlef Schrimpf and, and Roy Hibbert on, but you were there when Chris Bosch. Yeah, I was there. So, yeah, Hibbert, no. Chris Bosch, yes. Um, and, yeah, so I've I've had, like, a few fun NBA cameos in my career, which I'm really happy about. Uh, and, yeah, you know, the Parks and Rec, it's funny, when, when Bosch was on the show – it was, I was in the writer's room and I, I think it was my first year. So I was like very, you know, Parks and Rec, I was such a, I was a fan of the show like that. It was my favorite show. And then to get hired on it is like so exciting, but also terrifying, you know? Um, uh, and so basically we, uh, like we had, we got Chris Bosch and I remember Joe Mandy, who I don't know if you know, but he's a very funny stand-up and he's on hacks as a writer and a performer and also a massive NBA fan was like, I'm going to set. I'm definitely going to set. I have to go to set. And Mike sure was just like, sure, Joe. Yeah, you can, you can go. Um, but I didn't quite have the weight to swing around at that point to demand to go as well. But yes, but I was there when we shot that. Is it, that's that's how uh, Kevin Pelton gets a little bit of a shout out early in 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 the in the good place. That's from that's from Joe, right? There's I remember there's that one of uh, uh, her ex boyfriends is named Kevin Peltonic or something like that. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, Kevin Pel- yes, yeah, Kevin. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we, so my my but the actual question is: Do you is that a kind of thing where hey, Chris Bosch wants to be on the show? rate him something or hey we have this thing that it would be a funny bit if we had either this specific basketball player or a basketball player on um it kind of can go different ways like i believe for and i could but like i think for bosch we just like kind of uh i forget exactly how that happened it happens different ways you know sometimes you hear that someone's a fan uh, of your show and then you're like, Oh, it would be amazing to have them on. Like we, we just had that uh, happen with hacks uh, with Wayne Newton. who's going to be in season two, uh, Mr. Las Vegas himself. Um, and then other times, yeah, you just write a cameo and you hope that you writing it for the person, you know, like for, for broad city, we wrote it for Blake Griffin and we were lucky enough that he agreed. So yeah, it kind of can go a bunch of different ways. It, it probably helps in certain circumstances where you know someone is, is sort of, uh, I guess in, in Blake's situ- case, he's sort of someone who's kind of known to be sort of funny and willing to to yeah. be out there. Yeah, Blake is so funny and such a like natural gifted performer. So that definitely helped because we knew like, you know, he's he's a comedian too. He like was um, so natural and good so that we, we knew that that was probably a good, a good in that he may want to do, do our show. That's fun. Um, so awkward segue basketball. You're from, (laughs) you're from Massachusetts, but you're an enormous Clippers fan. And I guess that's, yeah, I get that's sort of how you get this question a lot. You know, I, 
I like I and hey, Boston sports fans may uh, not like this take, but like I so growing up in Boston, I grew up in Milton, like ten, which was ten minutes south of Boston, and my dad is from South Boston, like Southie, born and raised. So I spent a lot of time in Southie growing up. And so, like, I, I was very, like, in Boston culture, and I used to always go to, like, Red Sox games and Celtics games, and I just found Boston sports fans so vile <laughs> that it really, uh, really pushed me away from being a Boston sports fan. And, like, I kind of, because of that, took a little bit of a break from the NBA. Like, I wasn't super into the NBA, like, in during when I was in college, so like 2004 to 2008, 2009, I kind of like took a took a break. And then I moved to LA in 2011 and kind of got back into it. And that's when, you know, Lob City was, you know, happening at the Clippers. And I just like was so into that team that they kind of reignited my love of basketball. And yeah, I became a diehard Clippers fan. Because you can't move to LA and become a Lakers fan. That's insane. You can't do that. I mean, you don't you don't need to move to LA to be a Lakers fan. You just have to, you know, add that to the collection of Yankees and Cowboys. Exactly, and, exactly. Yeah. It's like and the just, Lakers might... and Yankees, you cannot adopt them as your teams. That's like so can't do it. I mean you can, but it, it it's 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 kind of a tell me without telling me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you end up there. <laughs> exactly. So, so, but it was that team specifically that kind of, that kind of drew you in. Yeah. They were just like, I, you know, they were so fun. Like I, I think the moment that like really the game I was at and I had become a huge fan before this, but I was at game seven against the Spurs when Chris Paul uh, made the one, one legged shot. I think that was what, 2015 (laughs) or something. And like. That, I mean, I had become a fan, like, the years before that, but that kind of, like, got me 100%, like, full fanatic back in, like, obsessed. And I have been, and I got season tickets, and I've been crazy ever since. And it's been a wild ride. <laughs> I uh, I watched the fourth quarter of that game uh, in the bathroom, snuck, sneaking away from my wife's boss's wedding. Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, Uh, of course. You had, it was so good. You gotta. (laughs) I, I, yeah. Uh, Sorry. Uh, I I don't think I was missed since I was part of the the appendage, but uh, but still. Was there anyone else around who was a basketball fan who was like, oh, let me watch it with you? Or were you just alone in a stall? Uh, I was just kind of, I just kind of, yeah, I was, I had the sound all the way down, was watching on my phone. It was, it was, you know, not my proudest. Um, I've, I have been to weddings. People, some people I went to college with, some people I, I, I played division three basketball. So people I played with in college, I've been to multiple weddings of, of college teammates where it would be during the playoffs. And they were just like, we're not even going to pretend we're going to set TVs up like in the, in not in the, uh, not in the dining hall, not in the dining room itself, but like the the cocktail hour area, just because we just know that we're not we're not fooling anybody. Everyone wants. Yeah, to good, yeah. So. I always um, like. I used to be ashamed of it, and now I'm like, I'll be on set and I'll be like watching monitors. Like I am watching, pay attention to work, but I, I do have the game on my phone, and I, you know, like <laughs> it's 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 a sickness, but I don't know. There, I mean, there's downtime. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of, exactly. There's so much downtime on set. So it works out. So how are you feeling about this, uh, this current 
Clippers situation? I feel like, okay. I feel good about it. Like I feel cautiously optimistic. I think the, like the interesting thing is I was feeling pretty down. Like when we were having, I think we lost like five in a row and things were looking pretty rough. And then when Paul George came back, things have really obviously turned and we got Norman Powell back last night or the night before. What is, I forget what it was. Uh, And so like now everyone is like, nervous to be asked the question for real like is it is Kawhi coming back could that happen and so I'm feeling good and holding myself back from like feeling really good if I think that that could happen but I don't know do you think he's coming back I given how he's treated every injury in his career that would kind of surprise me and also yeah. I, I almost feel like it would be unfair to him so, oh, you're you haven't played in a year and a half here. Uh, it, it, here you start suit up for game four of the right, conference, semi, right. conference semifinals and and be the best player in the world again. I know, but that's not that's not reasonable to expect. Um, right, yeah. but the, but then like I I see how Paul George's came back after such a long break and he looks so good. So I'm like, I don't know, these guys come back and sometimes it's like they don't miss a beat and I don't, I don't know yeah I know what you mean it would be somewhat unfair but I also am like they maybe I don't know he might be able to do it maybe they don't maybe they don't think of it like that you know like they're just like yeah I'll, I'm ready now so I'll come back now I don't know I mean I think there there are guys there are people you have to haul off the court and there are people who are like not till I feel right and right. I don't and you know, I don't. I don't think that we should begrudge either. You know. Yeah, it, and I guess you're right. Kawhi is certainly the way he's managed everything is the not till I feel right type. He's not gonna be like he's pretty risk adverse when it comes to coming back too soon. Which you know, I you, you only get you only get one career, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And if you've ever seen like a retired NBA player walk, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's not you get one pretty. career, you get like a couple of different knees and elbows yeah. and shoulders, but yeah, yeah. only one career. So, so we'll see, but, um, you know, I feel, I feel good. Like, uh, you know, the wolves are a really good team. So not like, I'm not going into that, the plan saying like, Oh, we've definitely got this. I can honestly, I feel really 50, 50 on like whether, I think it's a really even match between us and them. And, and yeah, I'm excited. There has to be a little bit of this has been, even though you were saying it, it, it there's been time for it to look down. Um, just this is, you know, especially when both Kawhi and, and PG were out, like it was a frisky team. That, really that, frisky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frisky is a really good word for yeah. it. Yeah. There's just like, you know, you got to give Ty Lue so much credit. It's such a well-coached team and he does such a good job of like getting so much out of these guys. Like, you know, Terrence Mann is like such a great example to me of someone who like, he, I, I feel like with Ty's confidence and stuff and putting that into him, he just kind of has really come to that next level. And I like even see that he has even further to go, obviously, but he's just such a good burst of energy for a team, uh, for this team. And so, yeah, it's been a, it's like, there's been highs and lows and it's hard because you can get down and be like, oh, but we should have PG and Kawhi, we would be so good. But you're right that like, it certainly could have gone much further south uh, than it did. And so I think overall, any Clippers fan is coming out of this season feeling pretty good. 
especially you think, well, okay, this year we were kind of snake bit, but uh, we were good at we were this good without our two guys. Imagine what we're going to look like. I know, I know, and I think that's what's like so tantalizing about like the the whispers that like, oh, maybe Kawhi could come back round one, round two, like because you're like, but we could be so good, and it does feel like a year where it's like really wide open, you know, Uh, so. Yeah, so whether it's whether it's the playoffs or more likely next season, I think it's it it look things are looking up. So you're you're a big basketball fan, and you're in Los Angeles. Yeah, and so we have to we we have to talk about it. What <laughs> what 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 what's going on there with the with the, with the, the Lakers? Team. Yeah, with oh, the other team there. Yeah, yeah, Derek, down the hall. Uh, what, what's going on? There? I don't know. That is, I mean, it's just <laughs> crazy. Like it's funny because like especially like when they won the championship in the bubble, like I, I have such as a Clippers fan, I have such hatred for Lakers fans because they like pick on us so much. Like whenever, like when the whole, where's Kawhi going to go, it got so like nasty online and they still do, they still do that. Like if you ever go on NBA Reddit, which is kind of a, a cesspool anyway, but like, they're just like Lakers fans love to bring us up. And it feels like Clippers fans kind of just like, I don't know. It's not as much of an obsession. So I like really have a, uh, a like, uh, I have something against Lakers fans for sure. But then this season, it just feels like sad today. You know what I mean? Like, so you, I'm like, I can't hate them anymore. This is like getting like pathetic. Um, I don't know what happened. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, when, when, it, like, it's weird when the narrative follows exactly what you think it'll be. Like when everyone heard about Westbrook, it was like, well, that's not going to work. And then it didn't work. (laughs) You know, like it just went exactly the way everyone kind of predicted, uh, or at least everyone I talked to and myself predicted. Um, So you, you went straight past past Schadenfreude into pity though. Yeah, I kind of did. That's almost harsher. I know, I know it is. They probably want me to still hate them. Uh, but I don't know. It's just like, it was such a rough season. Like, I, I don't know. It's really, I, I'm like really, I don't really in retrospect now understand how they thought it would work. Um, I don't know. Like, what is your take on, on why they went down this path? Was it just because LeBron was like, this is what I want. Let's do it. And it was a miscalculation. Uh- Oh, I mean, there's some of that. There's also, I mean, because they're the Lakers, they've never had to be smart. And <laughs> yep, so yep. You, you kind of respond to incentive. Like, they, you know, they were not a well-managed team for, you know, ha- a, a, nearly a decade. But, oh, Le- like, but LeBron wanted to be in movies. So they got the best, one of the two best players of all time. And then, uh, the, and then he they decided, Anthony Davis decided he wanted to come play with LeBron. And so they you know, through no uh, benefit of their own, no, none of their own doing, all of a sudden they have a championship level team. So um, I, I, yeah. And so that, you know, if you get away with stuff for long enough, it doesn't, it, right. there's nothing right. that's forced you to be smarter. Right. And, you don't have to be like cagey about it. You can just say yeah. like, we're just going to like force this through. And of course it'll work because we're the Lakers. And the, I mean, the Clippers are kind of in an interesting spot because they've, sort of had to be smart for a while mm-hmm. and now they're still very smart and they have all the money. Yeah. So right. that's a, that's a, you know, that's, that's not a terrible spot to be. Does that give you any sort of, uh, um, 
I don't know what's the word. Any any sort of uh, uh, like a letdown as a fan, like or or is the end yeah, a letdown as a fan in terms of like that? Like, we oh, have... or or now we can just ah well we're just gonna spend all of Balmer's money and we'll be good. Is that does that feel <laughs> no, like a cheat code? I mean, no, <laughs> I mean like uh, yeah, I I no, I don't feel that at all. Like I <laughs> I feel I think one of the most frustrating things is when you have an owner who's like incredibly cheap and overly concerned about you know luxury taxes and all that and like you you just are like hampered by that so i i I really appreciate how uh you know into this team steve ballmer is and how willing it seems he is to like spend money to uh get us to a good place uh you know the like in a in a bubble of basketball it's great i don't know that i'm rooting for billionaires outside of basketball to be quite honest but uh in terms of my basketball team if i can turn my brain off about the rest of the world i feel good about it It, he's he seems like a pretty close to the platonic ideal of an owner in that we'll spend all the money and we'll get the hell out of the way exactly we'll get the hell out of the way I'll be invested like as a fan and I'll be an insane person at games, but in like, and it's fun. And then, yeah, I'm willing to spend money to, to, to compete. But he's just, he's just a fan. So he's not like involved. So, yeah. you know, if, if like Cuban is an, an insane person at Dallas games, like players kind of see that and they're like, yeah, I don't know if yeah, I want to yeah. go there. Right. Whereas, exactly. Whereas there's something like cut more cuddly about Balmer. Totally. It doesn't seem, and I, granted, who knows what goes on behind the scenes, but it doesn't seem like he's thinks he knows more than he does. You know, like it seems like he kind of lets, lets the very smart management we have do their thing and, and stays out of the way. I mean, Jerry West being there probably helps. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to, if you're smart and I think Zuzalmer is like, you're not going to pretend you know more about how to run a basketball team than Jerry West. So I guess last thing to talk about, and this is, this is, I hadn't planned on talking about this, but this is where we went is, um, you know, the, the winning, uh, the uh, winning time show that's on now. First of all, have you seen the show? Secondly, like, the in the intersection of sort of basketball and entertainment, how has that show been sort of felt, especially during what is a fairly rough time for the Lakers? Yeah, you know what is such a it's such a bummer because it's so up my alley. But I um, I'm so deep in post for hacks right now <laughs> that I really haven't had time to watch anything, um, which is too bad because I of course have like. A, a strong interest in the subject matter. So I like, I don't know. I don't know how it's been received. I haven't talked to too many people about it. Um, have you been watching it? I have. I actually had, I had one of the writers on the show about a week ago and we had a, an interesting conversation. Um, it's sort of, it's a little bit actually um, the same way as you said, like that the, the, the comedy in hacks is sort of um, the MacGuffin almost. Uh, the basketball in in winning time is there. There, there's more basketball than there in, in that show than there is stand up in hacks. But it's not still very little, right? Yeah, it, it's much more. The basketball is a vehicle to like learn about Jerry West it's, and learn yeah, about magic. Yeah. The latest it's, episode was about Kareem, and and so yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's like um, 
I think that people sometimes are like, oh, I wish they showed more of the basketball. I wish they showed more of the stand-up. But, like, I think you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I think you yeah. don't want that. And if you got that, you'd be like, oh, I was wrong. I didn't want this. Because it's really – I'm sure they shoot it beautifully and it does look good. But it's still pretty hard to sell – like NBA games on television looking like real and authentic if you're like on it for too long or if you have too much of it. And it's also funny. I mean, I'm just happy it got made. I mean, obviously it's such a high profile um, famous team and stuff, but for a while, like sports movies have been kind of seen as like sports movies and TV. I mean, Ted Lasso, I'm sure helped this also not be true, even though like you're saying Ted Lasso, you don't see much of the soccer um like we a friend of mine and actually Blake Griffin was attached to produce it we took out a a basketball movie to pitch like a few years ago it was about like free agency basically it was kind of right after the DeAndre Jordan um fiasco <laughs> uh and i think that gave Blake the idea that wouldn't this make a cool movie? Like all the like crazy stuff that goes on in free agency and the circus it's become. Um, and we pitched it and like, ultimately it never happened. Cause we, the resounding thing we kind of got was like sports movies are tough. Like it's, it's not a thing people are interested in making right now. Um, same with comedy movies, to be honest. So it was kind of dead in the water on both accounts. Um, so I'm just like, you know, as someone who loves sports movies, I'm just like excited that it got made because I hope it does well and it opens the door for more sports stories to be told. Sure. No, and to your to your point, like selling it, I, like I'm pretty sure that the actor who plays Magic is right handed. And, you know, magic, is, right. magic was a lefty. So that's the yeah, kind of yeah. thing that if you're like into it for the like, OK, that he's he's tall. He bears a physical resemblance to magic. He can act. Yeah. But he's like, like, you know, unless you're going to like reverse it, like have a backwards jersey and like shoot it in reverse or something. like <laughs> Exactly. That. Like, yeah. Like, it's. It's easier to play Magic Johnson like at a dinner than it is to play Magic Johnson in the fourth quarter of a game. <laughs> like that's just right. it's like the truth of the matter. And so right. you probably, probably smartly the the team behind it made the decision not to show too much of that. So I guess last set of questions before sure. I, I let you get out of here because I know you're you're busy. But uh, you mentioned loving sports movies and, and TV. What are what are some of your favorites? Oh, man. Um, I have a lot. I mean, TV is interesting. There hasn't been like a ton of great TV shows about sports unless I'm like forgetting one in the moment. Um, so probably one, my wait, say that again. I, I so there was one that only had a season a couple of years ago that I thought was really good was Pitch. Did you ever? Was, oh, I never watched that, but I did hear I did hear good things about it. I heard really good things about like the main um, cast member. The I think it's a young girl, right? Yep. Is that, yep. Yeah, I heard she was really great. She was and, she was really good. It actually, her yeah. brother is a her brother is a pro soccer player, so yeah, she she could she could easy, she could pull off the athletic parts of it. Yeah. So so yeah, that was something I I definitely should have seen because I heard good things. I would say my favorite sports movie of all time. Probably a league of their own. Okay. Probably that's a that that is up there for me just in movies in general, and so I would say that that's that's definitely up there. It's a solid one. Um, What's your? Right, you, I, I asked the question and I was terrified that you'd, uh, <laughs> that you'd, you'd come back. I mean, I don't know. Wait, like, like, yeah. As far as just favorite, like white men can't jump. Just like that's. Oh that's, yeah. Uh, of, I haven't rewatched really you know, uh, that. It's been so uh, 
it's been so long since I've seen it, but yeah, I wonder if it. Do you think it holds up on a rewatch? It holds up pretty well. I That's so I cool. and I um because he's he's the uh, the 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 color announcer, the the analyst for the Bucks. I've gotten to know Marcus Johnson a little bit over and and so he has sort of the as as one of the antagonists. He has a pretty famous role in that. So it's just getting to meet the <laughs> meet the guy who played Raymond and, and get to know him a little bit was a lot of fun for me. Um, that's so, cool. Yeah. And, uh, I think the, the other one that I always go to in terms of like, I think it's actually a super underrated sports movie is, is little big league. Oh, Which, I've never, I've never seen that actually. I think, I think it's the one that actually captures like the actual play of baseball the best. It's about like the, a kid who like inherits the Minnesota twins from his grandfather and then makes himself the manager and hijinks ensue. Cool. All right, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check it out when my when my life gets back to normal. I'm not uh, in front of like a computer screen 14 hours a day. That's that's going on my list. Well, I, I'm glad to, glad to give you something to look forward to. I guess. Thank you. Thank you. And so the show. Do you have a? Uh, is there a date? For the uh... uh there's not an officially released date but i can say i can say may like, that's what i can can say right now is there anything else that you can i i've seen some announcements of casting but is there anything that you as, aside from <laughs> the show goes on the road is there anything yeah you can, um, you can tell me yeah. about it? i mean we yeah we have some really fun guest stars like Lori metcalf is amazing may know when um who people might know from like uh, Boba Fett and you know Disney stuff. Um, they're great. Uh, what can I tease? Let's say uh, there's there's one episode in international waters that I think people would be very excited by. How about that? Okay. And for That's... and for sports for sports fans, there's a big UFC fight in the first episode. Okay. Yeah. So that's How what I. That? How was that to shoot? It was it was good. I mean, it was challenging. Like a ton of credit to our director Lucia Yellow, who's you know also one of the creators of the show with me. Um, she directed it, and she did like a really speaking of sports movies, like it feels like a sports movie. <laughs> like it's a really, I was like, is this Rocky? This is crazy. Like it, it's <laughs> it feels really well directed and well made and paced, and I think people are going to be like super excited by it. Well, I am certainly looking forward to the show coming back. I, I, when you, uh, when you agreed to uh, to come on with me, I made sure to to quickly binge the rest of the season so that I, we, could, we could talk oh, about it. I, thanks. I, uh, I enjoyed it a lot, and it was very unexpected in, in a lot of ways. So, thanks. I, uh, um, so I'm very much looking forward to it, and and I want to I want to you know thank you again for uh, for coming on and chatting with me. It was sort of. Uh, this was the most like slide into DMs, shoot my shot. Uh, guess I've, <laughs> well, I guess really, I've had on this I, show. I so. appreciate it. And I honestly like want to do, I feel like you have such an interesting background that like, I, I, I'm going to invite myself back on where I can just ask you questions and you can, you can pretend to record it and then never release it. But I feel like I want to ask you a bunch of questions about your background working, you know, with the box and stuff. So maybe, maybe one day. Well, I will. Uh, how about this? When when you have a release date for the show, uh, you can you can come on to promote it, and we'll do that. Okay, as the other cool, half of the great, show. great. Yeah, we'll do some May June hacks promotion and and me asking Seth questions uh, session. It'll be good. 
that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. I, I appreciate you, you making it work on your busy schedule. Oh my gosh. Of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. I will be back next week. Uh, we're going back to purely basketball on Monday. Uh, my good friend, Eric name comes on to talk bucks and, uh, award show, uh, awards picks. So, uh, talk to you all then. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Seth.